Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, good morning, church. Um, Wow, what a day. Thank you, Andrew, for leading us in worship. Um, Before I get to what I want to share with you today, um, I just want to take a moment and just... um, just say thank you. Um, it feels like yesterday that we were starting here. Um, it's been over two years now, and it has been a complete, uh, complete blessing um, to have gotten to know you, uh, to have been part of this family, uh, to serve here at AC, um, to see our students grow um, in in what God is ha- has for them and, and, and just in the word, in scripture, to worship with you Sunday after Sunday, um, just to love on you guys and to be loved by you. So it, it has been, it has been, it's been great. Um, and thank you. Thank you for, for just allowing us to be part of this family and for, for growing with us, for helping us grow. It, it, it really is a blessing. Um, and so, uh, I just, I had to start like that. Uh, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, I joked with Diana that I was handing her the tissue earlier, but I don't know if I'm going to get through today without one. I'm going to do my best. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. And everything we do, it's all about you, Father. So this morning, it's still about you. Father, that the words that come out of my mouth today, that uh, what you've placed in my heart, that um, the message that you have for Aurora Cornerstone this morning, the message you have for me this morning, that it'll come directly from you. That's not my thoughts. It's not my will. It's not, it has nothing to do with me, but it's all about you, that everything we do will point back to you, Father. So take control this morning. Let your Holy Spirit work in my heart, in the hearts of those listening. Um, and that you will be glorified in all things. Amen. All right. Now that I've done that kind of intro acknowledgement thing and we've got that out of the way, take a deep breath. And I'm just going to share, I'm just going to share what God has really placed on my heart. Um, Pastor Wayne, a few months ago when we announced that we were stepping away, he says, okay, so you're going to preach on your last Sunday. And I'm like, what? Like that, that's that's mean. Like how how do you, you know, you're emotional. You're 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 saying farewell, um, and and now I, I I get to share the word of God too. It's like yay and scary all at the same time. But it's okay, because I know God is good, and He placed this word in my heart, and and I want to, I just want to challenge you. I want to I want to share with you, um, and I want to encourage you. Um, So today I want to talk about something that I believe is really important for us as Christians, um, as a church, as a body of believers, and I have titled the sermon for today or the message for today, The Seed, the Water, and the Harvest. And these are three components that as I speak through these, I think you guys are going to get, they're really important. The scripture talks about seeds all the time. The, the scripture talks about harvest all the time, um, the watering of that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this. Hopefully this makes sense. Um, I know that I was blessed as I was preparing it. So um, I pray that you're blessed as well. 
So let's start with the seed. I want to take you to Matthew uh, chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, your devices, I purposely did not put the verses up on the screen. I'm going to challenge you to get your Bibles out. Um, so if you don't have your Bible, I will give you five seconds to run and go get it. It should be close by. It is the sword. It needs to be near you. So we're going to go to Matthew 13 and we're going to read verses three to nine. I see Bibles. Oh, that's exciting. I like that. I see Bibles. So we're going to read together. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says this. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. The other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So I want to draw your attention to something. Um, I know that as we read the scripture and as I've read the scripture before, my focus has always been on the seeds. Some fell on the footpath, some fell on the rocky soil, some amongst the thorns, some on the fertile so soil. But actually, I want to start right in verse 3, and I want to draw your attention to something. A farmer went out to plant some seeds. See, these seeds could not have been placed on footpaths or rocky soils if the farmer had not gotten up with the seeds and started to plant them. He scattered them across the fields. And so when I read this, I think, you know, this farmer should have been a little bit more careful. He doesn't seem like he's a very good farmer. If these seeds that are probably expensive, that are probably precious, that will provide a crop, he should be careful not to let them fall on the footpath or not to let them fall on the rocky soil. You know, they, they, he should be placing them individually to make sure it's fertile ground and to make sure that these seeds have a chance to grow. But no, the farmer goes, and he scatters them across the field. He knows that his job is to plant seeds. He's going out there, he's doing his work, and he's planting. Here's another parable for you, also found in Matthew 13. And we're going to read verses 24 to 29. And it says this. Another story Jesus told, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seeds in his field. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemies came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the fields were planted, oh, Sir, the fields where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds? They asked. No, 
he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do so. See, this farmer as well, he goes out and he plants. His job, his responsibility was to take this seed and to scatter it, to plant it. And it actually says he planted good seed in his field. He was picky. He didn't just plant any seeds. He made sure that the seed he was planting was good seed. But he planted he went out, got out of his bed, grabbed his workers, probably early in the morning, and he spent the day, the week, the month, I don't know how long it took, but he planted the seed. In both parables, the farmer does something. And because the farmer does something, the seed, there is growth. It is planted. Not all of it grows. Not all of it's perfect but the seed is out there. It's being planted. It's being turned into good crops. Some of the, sometimes there's weeds, sometimes there's sabotage. The enemy comes and we do a good work for the Lord and we plant those seeds and the enemy comes and he just messes stuff up. But that's okay because our job, my responsibility as a farmer is to plant seed. My responsibility as a farmer is to go out and to share what is the seed? It's the gospel of Jesus. It's the wonderful news that Jesus came and he died for us, that he forgave us of our sins, that he has given us eternal life, that he is coming back. I was having a discussion um, this, this week with somebody and, and we were talking about um, what it is to serve God and what it is to, to know Christ, even what it is to be a Pentecostal. And they said something really interesting to me. They said, the root of all of this, what should be in the forefront of everything, is that Jesus is coming. There's an urgency here. And because of this urgency, we as farmers, we need to get out and we need to share the gospel of Christ with everybody, with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. Not all the seed is going to fall on good soil. There are some who are going to reject you. There are some who are going to be just like that rocky path that, you know, it shoots up quickly and then it dies. Um, sometimes there are going to be enemies like birds who are going to come and just eat the seed before it even has a chance to grow. But that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to sow the seed. My responsibility is to go out there and to share who Christ is and to be who Christ is. In Matthew 13, 23, it says this, the seed that fell among the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times more than had been planted. Church, our responsibility is to plant the seed. Our responsibility is to go out there and to share who Jesus is. I can't save anybody. I can't, but I can point them at the God who can. I can point them at Jesus who can restore, who can renew, who can make life worth living. That's my responsibility. Church, that's your responsibility. We're farmers here. Um, and, and I know this, this farmer thing, this is a little scary for me because I am not a farmer. I don't understand a lot about farming, but I do understand that when something is planted, when a seed is planted, it has a chance to grow. Now here, let's get to the second point, the water. Okay, so I just said I'm not a farmer. 
Um, I, uh, plants are probably better off never coming near me. Some people have green thumbs. My thumbs are just brown. Um, they probably kill everything that they come into contact with. Um, we, uh, uh, there's an ongoing kind of uh, fun at our house where anytime Diana receives a plant, um, on the same day we have a funeral service for it because it is going to die. It's just, it, it's sad. You know what? Not all plants have died. We have a cactus that has lasted about, well, Diana says two years. I was going to say a year and a half, but she's on the other side of my camera and she's got a big number two up in the air. So she's very proud of this cactus. Um, and I still don't know how it's alive. It really, it's just, um, for me, sometimes I add too much water. Um, oh, I got a thumbs up from Diana on my screen. That's great. Uh, sometimes I add too much water. Sometimes I don't put enough water. All I know is that some way I managed to kill the plants. But they do need water. And so as I was studying through this, as I was searching through this, I said, okay, Jesus, show me, tell me, how do I water? What is it that I, that I need to do as a Christian, that uh, as a man of God, as somebody who wants to spread the good news, who wants to make sure that these seeds don't just get eaten up, what do I have to do to water this seed, to nourish it, to allow it to grow? And I was taken to 1 Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, I'll give you guys a second to get there. We're actually going to start at the second half of verse 12, and we're going to go all the way down to verse 16. And Paul exhorts Timothy, and he challenges Timothy, and it says this, Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. And here it is. Here's the watering part. This is the key. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. When Paul challenges Timothy, he tells them that he needs to stay true to who he is in Christ. That he needs to water not just the seeds that have been planted outside, but the seeds that have been planted in his own heart. That he needs to be an example to all believers. That he needs to focus on scriptures. That he needs to use the spiritual gifts that were given him. And as he does that, that is water to the soul. That is water to the seeds that have been spread. And it says, all those who hear you, it's for the sake of their salvation. It's for the sake of your own salvation. Jesus says, I am the living water. Those who come to me will not thirst. This scripture shows us that if we focus, as we focus, as we put our attention on who Jesus is, on his word, 
um, in, in intercession and in prayer, in living our lives as godly examples to be Christ-like, we are watering the seeds. We are providing the fountain, a way of just coming in and giving life. Jesus is the only one who can give life. He is the true water. He is the one who refreshes. He is the one who brings it. So we need to keep focused on him, not just for our own sakes, but for the sake of those around us. You see, I, as I was going through this, I, I was thinking, it's like, when I think of the seed that's planted, I always think of going and planting to the non-believers, to those who don't know Jesus. You know, that's where we need to plant the seed. That's where we need to go out and share the gospel. That's where we need to set, you know, set the work. That's and yes, we do. But we also need to plant the seeds in our own hearts. You see, it's not just those who don't know Jesus that need more of Jesus. They do, but so do we. I need that seed to grow, seed to grow in my heart. So I have a responsibility too of going and allowing Christ to grow in me, allowing my heart to be moldable, allowing my life to show who Jesus is the water. Now the harvest. Okay, this is the fun part. Um, I think that planting, that's hard work. Watering, again, I kill everything. So, um, but I know it's important. It's hard work as well. But the harvest, this is the part that we get to see the fruits of our labor. This is the part where um, we get the big bread. Um, well, some of us get to bake bread. The gluten-free people, I'm sorry, you can't have any of the wheat. Um, but some of us get to bake bread. We get to harvest. We get to pull out the wheat. We get to make some bread. It's really fun. It's exciting. But it's also challenging. Um, and sometimes we don't get to see the harvest. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But first, I want to share this verse with you. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And it says this. We're starting at verse 6 to verse 9. So 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to verse 9 says, I planted the seed in your heart. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed grow. The same one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their hard work, for we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. You see, it, it doesn't matter who takes credit for the sowing or for the watering. At the end of it, God gives the growth. And as we go into the harvest part, we understand that this is when a soul comes to Christ, when somebody who did not believe now says, you know what, that seed that you planted in my life 10, 15, 20 years ago, or 10 minutes ago, that has taken shape, that has grown. That is when one of our kids comes in on a Sunday morning, and um, they're down here singing and praising, and they're just worshiping, and there's this beauty in that. That's when the harvest comes. The harvest comes when a student graduates from being part of the student part of the students here at AC and grows into being a leader and takes the responsibility of now 
planting seeds in other students, now watering that. That's part of the harvest. The harvest is when God does something in your life like he's never done before. When you're going through a tough time or a struggle and you just lift up your hands and worship and just God comes in this wonderful moment and you just feel at peace. That's the harvest. But all of that happens because the seed was planted, the seed was watered, and God made it grow. The harvest time is when we get to plant again. A farmer doesn't go into the field, harvest the field, and then just leave it bare. She says, okay, I got enough food for this year. I'm good. No, he needs to go and do it again. He needs to go plant the seed again. Church, as you have these wonderful experiences with God, as, as your relationship with Christ grows, don't stop there. Continue to plant the seeds. Continue with the word in your heart. Continue in a time of prayer. Continue seeking the Lord. Continue listening to his Holy Spirit. Because as you do that, more seeds are planted and you will grow. You will become more like Christ. You will be consistently growing, watering, and harvesting. Those around you will be doing the same. You know what? Most farmers don't have just one field. They have multiple fields. Don't wait for the seed you planted to grow, to be watered, to harvest, to plant more seed. Get another field. Invest in someone else. Plant seeds elsewhere. The more seeds in the more places you plant, the more opportunity God has to help the seed grow, to produce life, for there to be something new. Don't be satisfied with planting the seed with just one person. Don't be satisfied with just planting seeds in your own heart. Go, preach the gospel, share the good news, plant as much seed as you can. We are responsible for whomever and whatever God places in front of us. God is responsible for the growth, but he challenges us. He says that we are his workmen. Just like the master, he had workers that came and planted seeds with him. We are God's workers. God provides the seed. We just get to go plant it. God gives us strength and encouragement so that we can water, but we got to do it. So church, my challenge to you, don't stop planting seeds. Find opportunities to do so. There have been so many, even in this time of COVID, where we are doing Zoom church. I've heard of so many people who have contacted church members, family members. We've had people on our Zoom calls, and I know other churches have as well, who probably would have never come to church. This is our opportunity to plant seeds. This is our opportunity to show those who might not know us yet what it is to live for Christ. Don't allow circumstances to stop you. But church, continue to plant, continue to water, and God will grow. And you will see the harvest. One of the things I've also come to understand is that over the years, I don't get to see the whole process sometimes. Um, I had one of my former students um, that I've pastored in the past. 
uh, reach out to me recently. And we haven't talked maybe in three years. But he sent me a message. He says, I want to I want to talk to you. I just can we video chat. We set up a video chat. We talked for a bit. And this young man, when when I started, when I became his pastor, he was he was really young. He was 14, 13, 14 years old. And um, I'm going to be really, really honest right here. Um, I know that this is recorded and this is going to be on the Internet. He was a pain. He was annoying. He just, he did not listen. He, he was, you know, like one of those little thorns in your side. But I also saw that God was doing something really wonderful with him. He had a heart for God. And I had the privilege of investing in him. I had the privilege of sowing seeds. I had the, the privilege of watering. I um, mean, just showing him what it was for me to be Christ-like. And yeah, I wasn't perfect. I didn't do it all well. You know, the brown thumbs. But the wonderful thing is that Jesus was in control. And we invested in this young man. And, you know, he even had an opportunity a few times to, to share the word of God on a, on a Friday night when we had youth and just preach and share what was on his heart. And, you know, but I'm going to be honest, when we left and, you know, when we stopped being his pastor, he was still a little bit of a pain. He was, you know, there was some growth, but nah, not really. Um, it was hard because I, I, I planted, I watered, and I didn't see the growth. I didn't see the harvest. Maybe a year after we had left, I come to hear that the church had done a youth Sunday. And this young man had the courage to get up in front of a congregation on a Sunday morning and to preach the word of God. The harvest was there. Recently, I told you we just had a conversation. And this young man now calls me and he's like, hey, Pastor Isaac, we haven't talked in so long, but it feels like, feels like just yesterday. And you're, you're, still, you know, you're still my pastor and I love you. And you know what? I want to ask you what it's like to go into ministry full time because I think God is calling me and I don't know what this looks like. And, and I don't know how to do this. And he comes from a ministry family. But man, those seeds that were planted six years ago, seven years ago, they took time. But they were still worth planting. You might not see the harvest. You might never know if that seed that you planted became something. But that's okay. Because God knows. You're the farmer, plant the seed. If somebody else has come before you and already planted the seed, you are now responsible to water it. We saw that here at Aurora Cornerstone. We came in and there were some great leaders that I got to work with as part of the youth ministry team. Somebody had invested in them. Somebody had put in the time of planting the seeds, of loving on them and caring for them. And I, I got to come in, I got to water. I got to do life with them. I got to share my heart. I got to share who Jesus was. I got to be an example. Because somebody else had planted the seed. And there are others that I've come in and they're just ready for harvest. And you just get to pluck them up and say, go. I bless you. I encourage you. I'm with you. Go and plant more seeds. 
church, you might not see the whole process. You might not get to see every stage, but that doesn't mean you stop. You do what Christ has put in front of you. For me, it's been a privilege and an honor to come here to Aurora Cornerstone and Associates to share the gospel of Christ, to challenge people to look into scripture and to understand what it says, to base what their lives are on, on the holy word of God, not just on thoughts and ideas. It's been an honor to water and encourage, to see students become leaders, to see worshipers just lifting up their voice and exalting God, because that's what we came in and we did ourselves. We did it by example. Didn't tell you how, we just said, hey, I'm gonna worship, so worship with me. And it's been a privilege to harvest, to see some people just ready to go and step into a point, a point of leadership, to step into a point of sowing seeds themselves. And you know what, church? I thank you for doing the same for us. When we got here just over two years ago, we knew that we were coming into a new family and you guys loved on us. You guys cared for us. You planted those seeds in our hearts. Some of you watered those seeds. Um, <laughs> I especially think of the leadership team here, Pastor Wayne, the staff. Wow, you guys have invested so much in us. In me, in Diana, um, stepping into a, a, a leadership role, stepping into just loving on our kids. That was you guys investing in us. And today we have an opportunity to be harvested and planted somewhere else. The beautiful thing is when you harvest, there are still seeds that come out of that harvest and those seeds get to be replanted. Today we get to be replanted. It's, it, it, it's emotional because, yeah, we're being harvested. We're being plucked out of somewhere we are. And, you know, when a, a plant's fully mature, it's comfortable. It's good. And we get to be uncomfortable again. Um, I, Diana kind of just laughed in the background. She's here in the office with me. So she's like my, like, amen person, which she hasn't said any amens. I know. Okay, she just got, I got one now. But we get to be, we get to go on and we get to go plant somewhere else. So church, I thank you so much for investing in us. I thank you so much for allowing us to grow here. I thank you so much for sending us because we couldn't go if you guys don't send. And I know some of you don't wanna send us. Some of you have asked me to leave Diana behind. I'm sorry, I'm taking her with me. But we are excited. You know what, not just for what is gonna happen with us and in ministry with us, but I am so excited to two, three, four, five, ten years down the road, hear about the amazing things that God has done here at Aurora Cornerstone. To hear about the growth, to hear about those leaders who, are, who have now stepped up that once were a thorn in my side in youth group. But now we're worshiping and praising God because somebody took the time to invest in them, to plant the seed, to water. Church, there are some seeds that I've planted that you get to water. There are some seeds that I've watered that you get to harvest. But church, don't stop. Continue and allow God 
to provide the growth. Okay, I'm done. Thank you for listening to me. Um, thank you for allowing me to share my heart. Church, it's been, yeah, I don't know. I'm running out of words. I don't know what to say. This is that awkward part where you don't know how to end. But I have an escape clause. I get to pass it to Pastor Wayne. And he gets to come and he gets to, it's his turn. I'm done. Thank you, church. I love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.